my song. <laughs> Play my song. Welcome to Backyard Blue 2.0. Yes, sir. There's two brothers talking sports and whatever else comes our way. I'm brother number one by birth order anyway. I'm Mr. Miller, Blake Miller. My students call him Mr. Miller. Mama calls him Moose. Still not sure why. We'll, we'll spec- figure it out one day. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm kind of okay not <laughs> figuring it out at this point. It's just one of life's mysteries. On the other side of the screen is my brother from the same mother, brother number two. Hunt dog, the hunt daddy, the head hunter. My daughter calls him Hump. Hump, are you in Iowa? Des Moines, Iowa. With a bunch of snow and ice on the ground. Drove up through an ice storm this morning. Yeah, ready to get home. Anything cool going on in Des Moines? No. Anything like cool to eat or anything? There is one really good place, and I'm going blank. It's like Mike's bar and grill so i found this real quick so usually when i'm out on the road i just go to sports bars or bar and grills just it's cheap quick uh, i'm not going to have like a fancy meal by myself if i don't have a customer dinner right so i walk in this place it says bar and grill and this was the last time i was here you go in it's like candle lit lighting's real low something in bar and grill like everybody else like this is gonna be a fun atmosphere neon lights whatever and you get in there and it's like steaks and crab cakes and all types of different fish i was like well i'm already here and i sat down like i guess i gotta eat it's really good but it's again i'm not going there by myself like just to sit down and have a steak dinner so i ended up going this place next door um and it was it's probably the worst meal i've ever had on the road so not starting off the trip in iowa very well man i've i think i've only been to iowa like Maybe we like drove through it one time or something like on accident. Like I think we had, I think one of for your like trap tournaments when we were younger or something like that. We had to like drive through Iowa to get to where we're going in Illinois or something. I don't, I don't know if that may, that may not, maybe not. I don't know. I have no idea. That's my memory so, of Iowa. It was, it was. I don't know. I don't even. You may have gone up. You may have went through when you went on that baseball trip. That's probably the time you went through. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I don't yeah. know. That's what I have to offer about Iowa. Absolutely nothing. Uh, sounds like There's you're good to it. Sounds like you're not, not a lot. that different from me in that regard. Um, yeah. Well, uh, let's set the schedule for today's show. First off, it's Monday, January 30th, around 8.20 p.m. We're recording this. Um, today, we're going to talk about our highs and lows from the sports weekend. Our goal is just to pick the, uh, you know, just to tell you, like our high points and low points, just like we used to do around the dinner table. We'll tell you that. Uh, we'll kind of recap where we stand on our playoff draft. I'm going to make sad faces. Hunter's going to smile pretty big. We'll talk a little Grizzlies, and then we'll give our uh, recommendations uh, of the week. Let's start off with our highs and lows. Remember last time we talked about this, we uh, mentioned that our mom, Cuckoo, as she were, um, used to ask us every day to, to share us share our highs and lows of the day. And We'd kind of roll our eyes and then say something. And now I'm like, man, we should have just talked about it. We did sometimes. We weren't always <laughs> we weren't always jerks. Well, I, I mean, well, never mind. <laughs> on the day. <laughs> it's dependent on the day. As long as it didn't end with a Y, we were good. Um, but, yeah, uh, just kind of highs and lows of the day is what we did around the dinner table. Today we're going to do it with the sports weekend. We'll continue on uh, doing that. Why don't you start with your highs for the weekend, huh? 
All right, uh, my first high, um, I'm going to keep it going from last week because I will be honest, as far as sports weekends go, it was about as low of a weekend as I could have. And it's for one reason, we'll talk about it here in a minute, uh, but the Tigers win their fifth straight. Um, and really, this is pretty quick and simple, but Kendrick Davis, is, I think we said it, uh, was it last week or a week and a half ago, two weeks, whatever it was, but Kendrick Davis is one of the most fun Tiger players that I've watched in some time. And I started thinking about it uh, probably last week sometime about just the players we've had over the past few years. I know we mentioned Jeremiah Martin two weeks ago, but I really think it's since Derrick Rose. And the only we've had better players, Precious, Will Barton, um, maybe even Jeremiah Martin. Like, I don't know. Like, he's probably going to have more of an NBA G League career than Kendrick Davis probably will. But just as far as him having the ball in his hands the entire game, and making stuff happen, getting to the goal. And I think it, you always get that smaller player uh, entertainment from it because he is smaller and he does things that doesn't seem possible for his height and size. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what your opinion is, but I really do think he's probably the the most entertaining Tiger since – there were some Joe Jackson times, but it was always yeah. up and down. But really probably since Derrick Rose, like CDR, that that time frame. And I'm sure there's – you know, it's it's debatable. But in my opinion, that's he's the most exciting since then. Yeah, definitely the like most exciting like single player we've had in in a while. Yeah, not um, a team, not a team. Yeah, not a team, but the single player. I mean, it's 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 fun seeing him with the ball is ball in his hands and what he can do. Um, he's pretty talented. I gotta admit, I I haven't been watching as much. I feel like my plate is about Chiefs and Grizzlies right now. Maybe when my team, you know, is eliminated, I wouldn't know anything about that though. Um, I, maybe I'll have more time to watch. I already the, started, huh? Yeah, I had to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look. I'm. It's. It's here today. I. Yeah. I wore a Mahomes wig to school today, just so you know. Uh, it happened. It really happened. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, got a, got a relish in it when it's there. Um, but you know, as far as Kendrick Davis goes, Davis goes, he's uh he's he's pretty exciting. I mean, I don't know. Derrick Rose is a reach, but I mean, it's definitely it. It has that kind of feel. Like oh, he's he, not more exciting than Derrick Rose. But I'm just saying most yeah, exciting since yeah. then. Like. And as far as, like, great college player, like, he's probably the best, like, true college player, I mean, that we've had, like, since oh, then. Yeah. Am I, I mean, am I missing somebody? Like, I mean, am I forgetting That's somebody? That's what I was trying to go through is, like, think of who – like, I will say – and this is kind of a forgotten year because it was the year after Calipari left. Elliot you- Williams was awesome to watch. Yeah. Like he was, yeah, yeah. and we, it wasn't we a good team, though. but he was unbelievable to watch. But yeah, we weren't good. Like we weren't yeah. going to the tournament. But that's that's a forgotten year. But I mean, he was a great player. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't think of anybody. And I, yeah, I think since Derrick Rose, he's probably the best college basketball player we've had. I'm good. I'm, I mean, that, that that makes complete sense to me. You know, uh, going going that route with it. And um, he got named to the top twenty of the wooden watch list tonight. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. He's he's backing up. It could be an All American. So, uh, and I will, one more point on the Tigers: if uh, Kendrick Davis and then uh, what's his name, the twenty seven year old or thirty year old or DeAndre Williams, if uh, if they stay on the floor, like they can beat, they can hang with anybody in the country. I think they proved that against Alabama. Um, and DeAndre Williams has been great the past five games, like averaging a double double. He's had some like monster twenty seven and fifteen games. So. Uh, I, I do enjoy watching this team. It's the most fun penny team I think I've watched since he's been there. DeAndre Williams reminds me of those kids who, like, when you show up in the gym, you're like, come on, that kid's not an eighth grader. Like, the middle school gym. Like, <laughs> I need a birth certificate. Yeah, someone, a birth certificate. How old is that kid? Did he drive yeah. 
to this middle school game? And I've I played with somebody like that, and I've played against people like that. Oh yeah, like you you show up and the people got more facial hair than the coach. I remember you know my eighth grade story. You show up and like, what's up, coach? I'm not the coach. I'm the starting I'm center. It's all Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm excited, but I feel like I'm I'm saving my excitement for. You'll after. be more excited in two weeks. Yeah, after the Chiefs are done, uh, and then I'll I'll get, yeah. I kind of get into. It. That's typically how I do every year now, unless it's like awesome from the jump. It's just hard to keep up. It's hard to stay interested in college, college basketball stuff until the end of February. You get the conference tournaments, NCAA tournament. That's when everybody starts paying attention, anyways. Yeah. So as long as they're there and in contention, making the tournament, it'll be a fun. Oh yeah, at least a fun weekend. So, no but doubt. my number two is is. Uh, the Royal Rumble. I don't know. We were texting a little bit. You asked, yeah. you know, we asked if we watched it. Um, I will say this was the best WWE pay-per-view that I've seen in quite some time. Um, I don't think that's um, being over dramatic about it. Um, the the WrestleMania last year was really good. Just be, I'm a big Pat McAfee guy, and him coming out and, and wrestling Austin Theory was super cool. And there were some cool moments, Stone Cold coming back and, and whatnot. But I feel like without having to bring back stars, everybody was excited for the possibility of The Rock coming back. There's even some like Stone Cold rumors that he was going to come back and be in the Rumble. But I feel like this was like homegrown, good stories. The first one, everybody knew Cody was going to win. It was still cool to see. Um, Rhea winning the women's was awesome. The lights out match, eh. I probably could have done without it. It was a cool visual, but outside of that, it was just blah. Um, I really wish they would just be normal with Bray Wyatt instead of doing all this crazy stuff. Just let him cut promos and go in. He's still great in the ring. Um, but the main event was unbelievable. 10 out of 10. That's one of the better, like this whole story it has been going on for what, over two years with Roman. Uh, but the whole Sami Zayn thing, we saw him. I took Grady to SmackDown. I guess it's been about three months ago, two or three months ago. And uh, that's when he dropped the uh, he's he's not being or he dropped the line the Jey Uso that he wasn't being very Usy, mm-hmm. and everybody like popped really really loud. Everybody's laughing, but Sammy's been the guy like hilarious, great personality, just awesome week in week out. And I don't watch every I watch pretty much highlights of of what goes on, but when he hit Roman in the back with the chair, that was that was a super cool moment. And I hope they run with it. I, I hope they don't go tag titles with them at WrestleMania with Kevin Owens. But Royal Rumble was two thumbs up. Like, I'm pumped up for WrestleMania now. Like, I'm ready for it to get here because that story has been unbelievable. And I'll watch Friday night. Like, I'll be in front of the TV Friday ready to watch. Or I'll at least watch that segment. Like, I'll know when that segment's coming on and and watch it. I watched the opening segment of Raw tonight and was, was into it. He had Avery and Anna watching it with me and – uh, yeah, I enjoyed the Royal Rumble. Um, it's like to, to me, it's the easiest one to get kids into. Like, it's like oh, yeah. you, I feel like you can come in at the Royal Rumble if you haven't watched it all year. You can start at the Royal Rumble and watch the WrestleMania, and you feel like you've got a you got a pretty good story out of out of it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get to follow. Well, the that's characters. when the best stories are gonna happen. Yeah. Oh that's yeah. That's when they're gonna put their best foot forward. They save it for that time. I mean, the road to WrestleMania starts at the Royal Rumble and goes through WrestleMania. And usually, you know, every now and then you pick up from that, you keep going, and, and it's fun. SummerSlam's good, but I enjoyed this one. I was in the middle of the Royal Rumble. I was like, we're not going to get Sammy in the Royal Rumble, are we? 
we're not going to get it. Yeah. I was bummed about that, but then like at the end of the night, I was I, I didn't bother me anymore because this I got the Sammy payoff that I wanted, you know, and and that was that was really cool. Um, I did not see the Jey Uso thing coming. I didn't see that. I, I didn't. Either. Maybe I should have. I don't. I I feel like they've got a lot of different directions they can go with it. Can they go Sammy and Jay with the titles, like Jimmy and Jay fighting each other at WrestleMania? Are yeah. Sammy and KO still going to have an issue? Like. I'd heard a rumor that Roman may drop one of the belts and then that's what I heard too. like face somebody else at WrestleMania. Like if that's the case, like Sami Zayn, maybe, maybe he's fighting twice at WrestleMania. Like, I don't know. Well, I, that's what I was thinking. But then the night and I, I was saying when I watched <clears> the opening <throat> segment, but they did say at the beginning, like Cody Rose dropped that he's going to become the universal, like name the whole thing, like the undisputed universal. So it doesn't sound like they're taking off one of the titles off of him or making him drop him. So, but I really just hope Sammy and Roman get a match at some point. Elimination Chambers in Montreal where Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn are from. So, I'm assuming something happens there. But, yeah, that was just as overall entertainment value. I thought that that show was just top notch. I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year anyway. And, I mean, it's always, it's always my favorite. Like, WrestleMania yeah. ends up being – like great usually and booker t coming out and do it i popped so hard for booker that t. Was he looks cool. so old but i popped so hard for him uh avery hates dominic mysterio already I, she'd never heard of him before the night started and she already hates him which means like he's doing a good job with his character so i yep. mean he's if you watch the office if you've ever watched the office if you ever do watch the office he is prison mike there's one episode in the office. He is prison Mike. If you if you just watch that episode, I haven't watched it, but I know just from the way he talks. Like when I was in prison, like if you were in prison, you would have got oh, you got got. It's it's hilarious. Like that that episode is is Dominic. It is so it is so Dominic. That's I, I really enjoyed it. it we did a bet with Avery and and Anna. We, we all took ten numbers each, and like winner gets to pick dinner on Friday night, and then dessert on Saturday morning for the other one. And Avery won both of them. And I just started thinking, like, that girl has won. I think we've made six I was bets to with say. her. We've made a college bowl pick them, two brackets, a home run, or something else. Like, I think we've done six bets, and she's won every single one. But, like, <laughs> there's a point now. I'm just going to, like, hey, we, who, who's going to win this game? Tell me who, who I'm betting on on DraftKings. Chiefs minus two. Yeah, just. Chiefs plus two. Chiefs, Eagles minus just, two. What am I doing? Send her just, your phone and let okay, her go to town. Just pick. Just pick. Whatever it is. If she's that lucky. <laughs> I don't, but I probably put real money on the line and then lose. Like she's pied me in the face. I've had to wear makeup. I mean, there are no pictures. By yeah, the way, you've had a rough. I remember last time we were doing the podcast that uh, two years ago. I think it was Sucks. when the Chiefs were going against whatever it was. But yeah, y'all lost that one. Yep, I don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so my my high. Can I go now? Can I go? Can I go? Please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna just, go. Uh, I'll let you to the floor. I'll just go ahead and yeah, leave. See you later. <laughs> one man show for a minute. My high, it's obvious. The Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl, baby. Deservedly so. Patrick Mahomes, on one leg, with no receivers, wheels his team to victory. Roll your eyes all you want. Are we not counting Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver? No, he's a tight end, dude. Oh, okay. One of the best ever. Um, the game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, and I think if it if the Chiefs had put away some drives earlier, you know, so – the the one where Pacheco scored and there was they called holding that was a weak holding call and uh, 
the previous one, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot. But they had opportunities to absolutely bury the Bengals and didn't do it. Like so, so to me, like the Bengals shouldn't have been in that. It was a gift they were even in the game in the first place. I felt like, um, but like I, I just think from this point forward, all conversation about who's the best quarterback in the NFL needs to be about who's the who's number two. Because I I think it's Mahomes, a gap, another gap, and then it's everybody else. And he did that on one leg. He outplayed Joe Burrow on one leg. And you can make all the excuses about Joe Burrow's line. Whatever. It's fine. Like it's but, not an excuse, it's a reason. Sure. But it's it's uh Mahomes had a reason to be bad in that game. Probably probably a bigger one than than Burrow did. Uh you know, play, playing with he was compromised. Like you could tell the certain throws he couldn't he couldn't make and he no doubt. He did it. And like I think listening to all the national media try to backtrack today after they all picked the Bengals to win. Because everybody loves the climb. Everybody loves the climb. You and I have talked about this, how people are kind of people kind of hate the Chiefs some. You love them or you hate them. I've been a fan a long time. I love them. I'm always going to love them. There's a Absolutely. lot of bandwagon fans that have jumped on. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Happens with every great team. You know? Happened with you in the 90s when you were five. <laughs> with the Cowboys. Yeah. Right. It's a sh- right. short-lived high. Because <laughs> hey, I remember one thing that happened Four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it happens with, young, with kids. They, they like who's best. But I think with adults, you hate who's best if it's not your team. And I think that's where a lot of the hate comes from Mahomes. And everybody wants to pick the team that's on the climb. The Bengals seem to be that team. And it's like, man, what a cool story it would be if they could knock them off. It even happened in the NFC this year with the Niners because the Eagles were good all year long. And everybody's like, hey. Hold on, hold on. They didn't have to knock off the Chiefs. They've already done that. The Chiefs had to knock off the Bengals this year. But status quo, Mahomes is still Mahomes. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're still the best team in the AFC year. They've been there. This is the fifth year. And they were 0-3 against the Bengals. I mean, still. But, like, we know who is expected to be there, you know? The Bengals were still a little bit – it was still kind of a surprise they were there. I mean – we're being like who who you think was going to win at the beginning of the season? It was most people were going to say the Chiefs, you know. And even going into the game, like yeah. I, I think it was everybody who's picking the Bengals was kind of picking them because it was like I'm going to be right. I'm going to pick the the trendy little you know upstart underdog who's going to overtake Patrick. It's, it's like everybody wants to see the overthrow. I wanted to see it a few years ago when, with Mahomes overthrowing Brady, and it didn't happen. Like. But that's that's kind of what I'm saying. The the climb is fun. But I don't think, uh, but I don't think it was an overthrow because he already did it. Like the underdog was the oh, Chiefs I, in that game. I was meaning the, uh, I was meaning a few years ago when they played the Patriots. Like, like when, when? No, no, no. I'm talking about yesterday. You're saying like everybody wanted to pick the Bengals because of the the climb and the overthrow and the underdog, the trendy little underdog. Everybody picked. Cincinnati, like the Chiefs were the underdog. The Chiefs were the ones that had something to prove. They were calling it Burrowhead before they went in. Like the Chiefs were the ones that hadn't been able to do anything against the Bengals for the past three games. The Chiefs were the ones that lost in the AFC Championship last last year and to go to the Super Bowl. So, like, let's not sit here and pretend like the Bengals are like some little Chihuahua biting at a pit bull. Like it was twenty to twenty at the end of the game. What is that? If we watched any of the three games. Like it's a coin toss, and it could be four. Like the the Chiefs could be four and zero against all them. four of them. All four of them, and like the Bengals that. could be four and zero in this one. Exactly, but I mean, I've I have felt, and this is probably, it's probably a, there's definitely a good amount of bias in this, but 
I feel like the Chiefs are the better team in all four games. And like I've told you year in, year out, the only team that beats the Chiefs is the Chiefs. And I feel like any time Bengals. Well, yeah, but I mean, handed to them by Kansas City usually. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like it was the same thing. It, it could have been the same recipe this time. I thought there was a bunch of missed opportunities, a lot of stuff that like where Andy Reid's playing with his food again. You know, that sounds really mean. But <laughs> like right before halftime, they get the ball back. I mean, they had an interception and like two and a half minutes to go, and they throw three straight passes, three and out, punt it back to them and give them the ball back, and they go down and kick a field goal. Now, Cincinnati didn't capitalize, got a, got a, you know, the field goal instead of a touchdown. But, like, neither did the Chiefs. They got the ball in Bengals' territory pretty much and don't do anything with it. It's There was plenty of opportunities for them to blow them out last night. That game was – we talked about it in the first quarter. The Chiefs dominated, but it didn't show on the scoreboard. I know the scoreboard's where it counts. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, it was it was that kind of but game. I, it was that it was like that. I think also to go back the other way, not to interrupt, but like to go back the other way, the second half was dominated by the Bengals and they didn't capitalize. I mean, like it was, it was the same thing both ways. Like I don't think, and I, I know what you're saying because I texted you. I said this, you shouldn't feel good about a what, no, six I didn't. nothing or nine to three lead or whatever <laughs> it was. I was like, this has got to feel, or it was six to three when I think when I texted you. I'm like, you got to feel just deflated right now because you know how this story plays out. But, like, they both had opportunities. Like, the Bengals probably should have won that game in the last – like, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Like, it was in their hands to win the game. You you think Burrow with two minutes left, like, I was like, oh, they're going down and they're winning. Like, it's happening. So, I just don't think, like, it's as obvious as – the first quarter is when the Chiefs should have blown them out. I guess it depends from on the lens. From then on, it was a pretty even game. It depends on the lens that you're looking at at the game through. And I don't have a lens to look through. And – <laughs> Um, I think that I I do think the national thought was we want the Bengals to win. That's kind of what I thought. I, I think it's like we it, there's the feeling of like everybody's tired of the team that's there all the time. We all experience it with the Patriots. We all experience it with oh absolutely uh, the other teams that were great. And we do it with Rogers. Sometimes we do it with Manning. Some we did it with Manning back in the day. Like it's it just is that way. It just happens. And and Mahomes is that is the new one. Like he's he's every game every. AFC Championship game for the last 10 years has had Mahomes or Brady at quarterback. And I didn't know it was like – I honestly, you didn't think about it like that. You know, it's – but he's there, and there's no reason not to expect him to be there again next year. I wanted that win yesterday. I hate the Bengals. I, I don't – I do not like, like, that that team at all. Uh, I, I think – Because they beat you. It's not that, though. It's the – it's the mayor. It's the – Let's call it Burrowhead. It's like all every. It's the same reason why the Patriots didn't like the Chiefs a few years ago. The upstart. It's why nobody likes the Grizzlies right now. It's the. I was about to say like. It's I don't the know upstart. How we can be. I'm on the other side the of it. Grizzlies are. I'm on the other side of it. I'm not a Bengals fan. So when I hear it, it's, I understand why people hate the Grizzlies. If I was not a Grizzlies <clears> fan, <throat> I would hate the Grizzlies. <laughs> they would get on my nerves. I. I mean, it just it just would like, and I mean. If, if they were a rival, you know, if I had a reason to be competitive with them, like if, if the Falcons talk trash, I don't care because they're the Falcons, you know, if, if I think if, I've always been on the opposite side of it, because up until last year, I've always been a fan of the Warriors. I don't root for them. Yeah. But I think if you're a player and you win and you talk your ish and you can back it up, I'm completely fine with you talking it in people's face. I thought the Burrow head thing was hilarious. Like it just 
it flows like it's just a hilarious thing. And people were so upset about like Kelsey and them being so upset about it and like that being like this huge thing to them. I'm like, it's really just funny. The mayor thing was hilarious. Like it's funny trash talk and they can back it up on the opposite side. Like, I don't think the chiefs really talk that much, that much crap. Like they hardly ever do. Kelsey does. It's funny. Really? Honestly. But here's the, here's the difference is the media talks all this stuff for the chiefs. Like they ride their thing and that's the only like, – I don't mind when teams do it. I hate when everybody's is just so nauseating about this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. There's one Super Bowl one so far. I get irritated when – I think my irritation comes when people try to place quarterbacks over Mahomes. When it's – like they did it with Lamar Jackson. They did it with Josh Allen. They've done it with Joe Burrow. And like – I if, think Burrow's different though. He's not better, he's on though. The same, it's, it's like he's not – no. It's, he's on it's, the same course as Mahomes. It's just there's levels, man. That's I'm just saying. Like, he's on the same course as Mahomes. He's played. He's been healthy for two years. He's been in the AFC Championship game two years in a row. He's been healthy for two years. His first year he got hurt. We, we can't count that. He's been healthy for two years, and he's made the two AFC, AFC Championship games. If he makes it – let's say he goes again next year and y'all play him. And then another – he's right on the same – path is Mahomes the same exact path yeah he doesn't run out of the pocket and flip the ball underhand for 10 yard pass or whatever but you don't have to just because he's not flashy doesn't mean he's not great you could say on the same course there's a difference between on the same course and on the same level and I think people try to talk about anybody who gets up there and it's like let's debate who's the best and I just think that's where I get irritated like just stop just don't debate. So what if he hits the a best. Super Bowl in the next couple of years and he has the then same stats talk. and everything through the first five years as Mahomes? He's three years behind Mahomes, and he's doing the same thing. It's different. Three the three years matter there. It's a, it's why we can't say Mahomes is Brady yet. You know you know what I mean? But like he, he's on you know by that argument he's on pace to be. You know I'm just I'm just saying like it's it's that it's that kind of thing. Like he's not there yet. So like trying. I think there's a, a this starving for knocking off the team that's there. That's just all. I think all this comes I down agree. to. That's what it comes down to. I think there's a starving. For I just knocking think three or four years there. ago when we were when we were saying Mahomes is the greatest of all time, he's in the same spot. I don't think we can get mad at people for wanting to put Burrow there when he's clearly awesome. I think he's awesome, but like I, I think there's a, I think there's a, a drop off. I, I do think there's a, there's a, still a gap. I, I mean, Mahomes outplayed him on one leg yesterday. With no in receivers. In the three games before that, Burrow played him, outplayed Mahomes. Maybe for one of the one of those games. I mean, they won, but still, like, I mean, I don't know that he outplayed him. I, I sometimes I think I've told you this before. Like sometimes I think with Mahomes, his greatest, the thing that made him great was Andy Reid. But the thing that holds him back from being like the very best like ever is going to be Andy. Like, he could be even better than he is if Andy Reid didn't like handcuff him. Sometimes I, I, it ha- it happens every now and then. I'm like, dude, just. Drive the Ferrari, and I thought of it a few times yesterday. Like, just call the plays you need to call. I don't know. Sometimes I just I just shake my head with him. <clears throat> I think that's an all-time great performance yesterday. I hate that it ended on a penalty. I felt bad for the Bengals guy, but that's a penalty, and Bengals fans were mad that it was a penalty. It was definitely a penalty. I don't think the Bengals fans were mad at that, that it was a penalty, but we'll get there in a minute. They were mad about some uh, roughing the passer stuff, too. and I, I, I Which was obvious. Was it though? We'll get there in a minute because it was brutal. This whole weekend was brutal for the NFL. I agree with you. We'll we'll get there in a second. My other high for the weekend was Jaron Jackson Jr. having an awesome game against the Pacers after his uh his air quotes NBA Reddit scandal. 
if you got if you saw that on Saturday morning, I actually saw it in the so first stupid. thing. I, I saw it for five minutes, so I didn't get a chance to dig all into. It. I was like, "Whoa, this has got like a lot of attention." I should read into this, and I'll come back to it later. I even Alicia came to our uh, our cousin Alicia came to our Avery's basketball game on Saturday, and I just said, "Like, there's like something brewing with Jaron Jackson. It, like, some, there's some kind of scandal people are talking about. It seems weird, but I don't know. I want to look into it more." And then. I didn't know like the NBA audited every every stat ever. Like I didn't I I I've seen them adjust stuff, but I didn't know it was over every single stat ever. I didn't know the process for mm-hmm. it. And I learned that this weekend. And like this is goofy to like put your reputation on the line to take down somebody. And then you find out he's a Warriors fan. I was just so happy that Jaron had this awesome game yesterday. That was a Jaron and Ja over my dead body game. I know it was the Pacers and they stink, but it was one of those like when you're playing in a funk like that, you just got to do the hat, the, the have to have it moments, and it was cool to see. That part was cool to see. Did you get yeah, to watch it's, any uh, of that? the whole. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I mean, it was during the game, so it was kind of hard going back and forth. But I turned it on at halftime and and watched the end of the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, the whole Reddit thing. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I never saw the Reddit. I still haven't seen the Reddit post. But I started on Twitter where he started posting all the videos. And I guess this is from me, like knowing working in college basketball and like keeping stats and stuff during practice. Mm-hmm. And college is different than NBA and how they keep stats. Like if somebody tips the ball in college and somebody else grabs a rebound, like missed shot, somebody tips it and somebody else grabs it, whoever grabs it gets the rebound. Mm-hmm. On the NBA, like Marcus All was the king of this. Like he would do a lot of tap rebounds and he would get credit for those rebounds and it never looked like he actually grabbed people like, he doesn't grab any rebounds. Well, he does. But he's not one physically. And it's the same thing a lot of times in the NBA. Like, if, like, you deflect a pass and somebody, like, if Jaron deflects a pass and Tyus Jones picks it up, that's a steal for Jaron Jackson. Exactly. That's not a steal for Tyus Jones. If he, like, barely tips the ball on a block first and somebody else comes in and smacks it, that's a block for Jaron Jackson, not Brandon Clark. I'm just using some videos that yeah, they yeah. got posted. It was just clear that this guy had no idea how stats were are kept in the NBA. And it was just goofy. Like, as soon as I saw, like, the first three videos, I was like, this is the most outrageous. Like, I could see if you don't know how you could just back that up and people who don't know go, yeah, this is inflated. This is they're, – they're cooking. A but scandal. There, There's three people. There's one person that I think that yells out the stat at the scores table. The second person writes it down. The third person verifies it. And then Sakakis does all the stat corrections after the game. Yeah, it's a it's an intense it was process. Stupid. It was stupid. I'm like, with it, and, and it I, got debunked so. But there were some real NBA people that were retweeting it and going, "What is this? Like, what's going on here?" I like and seeing like, people go to bat for him, and yeah, I think either way, it's nice that people saw some Jaron Jackson film and to see how good of a defender that he actually is. It's like, dang, how do you block that? Like, so there's there's a lot of that there. He had 66 home blocks and like I can't remember how many steals, but like only five five of them were in question. Or something like that. Yeah. And then you but you go through, like you see all the these other players. I started kind of messing around with like home and road stats. Like, gosh, just play better at home. Like everybody doesn't take yeah. a like if you've ever watched sports ever for any extended amount of time, you know that. Like it's just the way it is. It's always been that deal. way. It'll always be yep. that way. All right, let's get to the lows. What's your first one? I know what it is. All right, so I'm gonna do my I'm gonna do my first one and then the second one I'm gonna wait till you do yours. 
because it's going to be kind of similar. I think our our we have two lows that are very similar. Yeah, I do. I agree. Uh, so my first low is just the Eagles winning, and you'll get me for the Super Bowl. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs because I have a hatred. I don't. I don't hate the Chiefs. You know how I feel. I think Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I just want to get this out of the way. Mahomes is great. He's unbelievable. He'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. He probably won't get to Brady. He won't have the Super Bowl wins because I don't think anybody will ever get there. I agree. But I don't like the D-riding is the problem I have with the whole Chiefs thing. And it's part of – I don't have him on my team. I hate that. I'm jealous. There, you got it. But anyways, that, that hurt. My number bit, one low. Are you? Hey, hold on, hold on. Are you okay? <laughs> no, hurt. I'm not. I got, Dak, I got Dak Prescott. I got Dak Prescott. <laughs> I we get D riding. You get another form of. You get Dak I got riding. Dakota, I got a guy that's named Dakota as my starting quarterback. At least I don't have Jackson Mahomes sitting in my press God. Anyways, oh. Uh, so my uh, my low, my number one low is the Eagles being in the Super Bowl. Please God, beat the crap out of them. I can't stand the Eagles. The fact that they've been to three Super Bowls since the Cowboys went to their last sucks. They have done it in three different decades now. So it's they're a good franchise, which Man. sucks. Like they've done it in three different ways with Andy Reid and McNabb and Brian Westbrook. Was it Brian Westbrook? Is that right? Like Owens and that yeah. whole that whole time. And then they did it with freaking Nick Foles and and that deal, and then this whole Jalen Hurts thing. If the 49ers didn't lose Brock Purdy, I I would go back and still bet the 49ers to win that game. Yeah, um, me too. Jalen Hurts cannot throw the ball. If y'all can stop the run, which I do think will be a problem, because um, they run the ball so well. Their offensive line is great, um, and they're just going to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand, which does worry me. Like I've always told you, I think the way to stop Mahomes is keep the ball and be able to rush with four. And they can and do that's both. what they can do. Yep. Yep. So that would be a concern for me if I'm if I'm you as a Chiefs fan. But God, I hope y'all beat them because I cannot handle another Eagles Super Bowl win. Oh, they'll erect another statue. It'll be Jalen Hurts handing the ball off. It'll be like an RPO statue. It'll be so stupid. Like, and they're about oh to pay God. him two hundred and fifty million dollars. He can't throw the ball. It's going to be an RPO statue. You're great at handing off with stretch plays, buddy. Oh my god! This is our this is our memory of our quarterback handing the ball off. No, I want I want the, I want the quarterback sneak statue. Just like the statue now is a is a statue of the quarterback <laughs> catching a touchdown. That's their statue of a quarterback. It's oh so my stupid, that poverty franchise. Man, they're in a Super Bowl. I I, I hate uh, them. Yeah, I, I get it. It it's it's the equivalent of like the Broncos going or the Raiders going for me. I, who cares about the Chargers? They haven't won anything ever. So. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, I was bummed about that too. Brock Purdy was one of my lows for the weekend, and I, I felt bad for him because I was like, "There's a chance to be like this really awesome story." Like, I don't know if you follow like card value at all, but his cards have skyrocketed. They went from nothing, like you can get them for a quarter, to like you're paying. You know, I heard about it like three or a month ago or something like that. I hadn't seen it lately. You're paying a good amount for a rookie card now, and like he to the point where like he's like up there with like Lawrence on some cards. Uh, which is insane, but still, like you, you kind of had this feeling like, oh, is he the next like Brady story? I think because you've experienced the Brady stuff, you kind of want that to happen again. And uh, I mean, the answer to that, I think, no. But who is no one, and not even Mahomes? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put him in that category. Um, but still, like I, I hated, I hated it for him. It was, it was sad. 
it was worse to see Josh Johnson go down and then them to just have to sit there and hand the ball off and take their beating. It was, uh, it was, it was wild. It was wild. Um, <clears throat> the refs, let's talk about that. Cause this, the, the, our low is the same. You go, you want me yep. to go first or, or on my low? Yeah, go ahead. Cause yeah, I think they're closely related and I, I share your feeling about the officiating being terrible. And this is all like it's a, too much of a familiar theme for the NFL, and it's one of those things. It's like, do we review everything now? Should we review everything? Should we just go back to reviewing nothing and accepting the bad calls? It's hard to not. It's hard to ever think about that. Like to think of going back to that because, like, of how many angles we have of everything. It's kind of hard to accept that. But like, I, I don't know, man. Like. I don't know if it's a problem that's like going away anytime soon. It it was really bad. I mean, it was especially bad in that Eagles Niners game. Like, I think the worst call of the entire day, not the third and nine repeat in the Chiefs game. That was bad. Like, that was that's number two. But number one, worst call of the day was Jordan Mason of the Niners getting blocked into the punter in a 21 yeah, 7 game. That was bad. And getting called for roughing the punter, roughing the kicker. And all of a sudden, it's yeah. Eagles ball, and they go down and score. You know, and, whereas the Niners are going to take it over. It felt like they were still in the game at that point. Didn't they still have um, Johnson in the game at that point, I think? Yeah, I think, it, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they did. dead yet. It was like, all right, this, this, and that felt like. It was getting end. close, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that felt like the end. And I thought that was the worst call of the day. You can look at the Devontae Smith bobble. You could Bengals fans would argue with you about roughing the passer call. Chiefs fans would argue with you about the taunting call on Andrew Wiley. Uh, they'd argue with you about the hold on the Isaiah Pacheco touchdown. Um, there was plenty other ones. The third and nine. There's you know it was there was two calls. I think the Eagles are the only ones who didn't get screwed with a call. But all the other teams had at least three or four calls they could have a major grievance with and really have a case to be mad today. I'll let you kind of say what you want to say, and I'll, then I'll say what I got to say about the Bengals. So, uh, I, just in general, the the Niners game, like the Niners got hosed, but it ended up not mattering. Like they yeah. had a lot of penalties that, but they were going to get beat regardless in that game. Like when you're down to your fourth quarterback, the officials don't matter. So they got off the hook there that that's not the conversation in that game, but it was still terribly officiated. Uh, and I, to be honest, after the uh, fumble by Josh Johnson in the first half when they were, they were trying to be aggressive there and go down and score and make it 14-14, and they gave up another touchdown at the end of the half. I kind of just turned it off. I, w- I was halfway paying attention. Uh, the boys wanted to watch watch football, so it was on in the background, but it was just noise at that point. Mm-hmm. The Bengals in, in the Chiefs game, both ways was officiated bad. I think it was worse for the Bengals, most importantly because that third and nine. I just don't know how – if you're going to adjust the clock, adjust it after the third down's already been played. Like, you can go back with a stopwatch and figure it out. There's no way you can go back and let a full play just be redone. And then not only that, but to go back, and now you're calling a holding or a illegal contact, or was it holding in the, in the it was secondary? It yeah. Like, that was just, like, putting the cherry on top of, like, we're just going to stick it to you right now. Like, that's terrible. It felt that way. Like, you got to have – like that is bad. Even if that is holding, like let's have some realization that we just screwed them already, and now we're gonna do it twice in a row. It yeah. didn't hurt them in the end, but like that was bad. 
but again, like there was momentum to be there. Like momentum to me in sports is a real thing. And when you yeah. go back and instead of having third and nine turning the fourth down a punt and now it's first down, like even if you do stop them, like momentum's been halted. Like who knows how that game turns out. Bengals could have gone three and out after that, but you never know. Like momentum was completely stopped. The taunting thing is ridiculous. I hate that call. It's terrible, but it's been called all year. It really it's been called, called all year. It this year. Like the, like it was. Oh, it's been called a lot. It was, it was two years like ago. Getting in somebody's getting in somebody's face this year after a play, it's called. It's terrible. I think it's stupid. It's a dumb call, but you can't. I mean, he did a full dance in the front of the guy's face. Like, I get it. It's a dumb, but it's I been called. I the same face and motion when when they threw the flag too. What? Huh? Right, like that's been called. So I see like the point of the call. It's I a dumb call. See that one. It shouldn't be called. But then I do think the problem, and I know what you're going to get to, is that last play was clearly out of bounds hit. He was out of bounds, way out of bounds. I do feel bad for the Bengals guy because he's just trying to, like, at that moment you're trying to limit how many yards he's going to get because it's coming down to a field goal. Two yards matters. Get him out of bounds. So I do feel bad for the guy. It had to be called. But the Burrow hit with uh, Frank Clark, Burrow throws the ball, and it is a full three steps, and then Frank Clark hits him. It's a clear late hit roughing the passer, and it's not called. And it's just like, how can you call it for this guy who's – this is what it looks like. He's the head of the NFL. He's the darling. He's on every commercial now. He's the head of the NFL. He's the marketing – he's got the whole marketing engine behind him. Like, it, Mahomes is the guy. And it looks like, and it's not rigged. The NFL is not rigged. It, it's impossible to be rigged. But it smells like. But it. I could see it. Everything, if you just look at it, add it up, it goes, man, the Bengals just got hosed. Like it was a lot of just bad call after bad call on both sides. But it was like the two main ones, or I guess three main ones. Again, that last play was a was a penalty. But again, I'll rope that in with the roughing the passer, the third down deal. And then uh, the late hit, like you rub the or you put all those three things in together. Goes, man, what's going on here? Like it was just bad. It used to feel that way when uh, we played Brady, like year in year out. It really used to feel like you you had to beat the refs too. I remember that AFC title game. It was a, kind of the same thing with the first one that Mahomes went to, uh, the one mm-hmm. where D Ford lined up offsides on a on a pick that would have sealed the game for him. Well, like it, it's kind of like this one. It's an obvious penalty. You had to call it. It stinks that a, the plays ultimately decided. I mean, the game's decided on a penalty like that. But like there were other calls during the game. There was an obvious like Edelman didn't catch the ball, and they ruled it in favor of the Patriots. There was another one where like Chris Jones hit Brady in the head. Like he nicked his face mask on the way down, and they called roughing the passer on that. And I, I remember thinking, like, dude, you can't – you already – it's already hard enough to beat these guys, and you elevate it again. And that's kind of what I'm saying earlier. I think the Chiefs have moved into that old Patriots position where it's like if you're not watching as a Chiefs fan, then you're rooting for the other team. It's like Al, – it's it's Alabama and Georgia in college oh, yeah. football. It's kind of the same thing. And honestly, I've never experienced that as a fan, being a fan of that team. It's, it's like that, I guess, a little bit with Ohio State and college football. But I don't root for them the way I root for – Kansas City. Now, I th- so I think everybody – I think the national media is viewing things through Bengals-colored glasses. 
And like, so I'm, I'm, See, I'm, I am disagree on that point, but well, go ahead. I mean, for only in the sense that I think people are kind because they picked it and everybody's trying to like backtrack off of, Oh, well this and this and this, I kind of like defend their pick because everybody picked it. Everybody picked the Bengals in this game. They were, the Bengals were two point underdogs at, at close. And, but I mean, everybody was with it. I think the refs were terrible. I was mad at the refs before the Bengals were mad at the refs, you know? So I, I think if the chiefs had lost yesterday, I would go back and on that hold with the Pacheco thing. I'm like, come on, man. Or the taunting call. The taunting call ended up not being a big deal. But the one that made me mad in the game, and a lot of people don't care about this, but I I did. And it, I think it ended up being non like inconsequential, but it affected like timeout management and challenge management and stuff like that. Like it, it could have. It definitely could have. On the first play, the first drive where Tony caught the ball and dropped it in the end zone, mm-hmm. the typical thing all year has been rule that a touchdown and then correct it in replay. And don't force the team to use their challenge. So Reed had to use this challenge because they can't get a good angle. I, I get it. I, I mean, it's not enough to be mad about, but it's like. But the ref was right. The ref was absolutely right. But the, maybe Reed shouldn't use his challenge there. I mean, that's but that's the ultimate thing. It's like couldn't get a good angle quick enough to get down there and say that. Like, that should have been like a. It, it felt too bang, bang. I don't know. It was like I just seen them do that all year long. Where if it's fifty, Reed should have just looked at the way Tony reacted and no, not the challenge. He knew he didn't catch the ball. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. But then it was like, all right, well, later on in the game, he challenges, and now it's his last challenge because he had to challenge in the first one. When in a lot of cases, you don't have to challenge. There was another time later where it was like something happened with the Bengals, and I can't remember what it was. It was like an incomplete pass, and it was like, oh, we're going to have a discussion. And fix no, it. No, it was the Mahomes flip out to the uh, running back where his knee was down. At first, they called it a completion. And they yeah, went it was back without point. having to do a challenge. Yeah, it yeah. was like it was that, and I was like, "Wait, which I think is how it should be." It, yeah, but I'm like, slow. That's how it, it should of, be. But I understand from like, your point of view, it should have. Yeah, it kind of felt like they should have had to challenge that, and that's a minor thing. But like, and I, I'm thinking of how aggravated I was when that happened. And I was like, that's like the 10th worst thing that happened during the game. <laughs> like, it was like, there were so many other things that happened in that game to where I almost forgot about it. Like, and, and that, that could have been like a, a key thing. Like, I don't know, man. There were, there was just stuff all game long. I just, I was mad. I always think like it. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, I've, I felt mad the whole entire game. And to, I'm like, wait, hold on. Now they're the ones that get to be mad at the refs. And I got it. Like I, I, if I go back and watch that Burrow thing, I'm like, I do think that's one they don't call all the time. That that type of reference. Oh, that was it. terrible. When and they put their hands on them. Oh, that's terrible. Well, I'm I'm only saying this three steps. It was three late. Full steps. You're that. You're on that one because it's late, not because the egregiousness of the contact. But I, I I did look up some stuff on on that uh, ref. That was Ronald Torbert, I think. Tolbert. Ron Tolbert. And I was looking like he actually averages like less penalty yards than is typical. Like he's, he's a below average like penalty official. And I was surprised that that game, it was inconsistent, man. It just felt like maybe that's what you get from mixing these crews and stuff together. And like you have some, you know, some flag happy side judges and stuff like that. And, you know, a ref who's a little more, you know, not doing, you know, he's not throwing flags all the time. I'm usually team no penalty, let them play. That's just me, typically. Unless it's egregious, let them play. 
Um, that's usually my philosophy. I hate that people have a have something to discredit a legendary performance from Mahomes. I hate that Bengals fans are using the officials as their sole excuse when I don't think they belonged in the game in the first place. I think, like I told you earlier, I think the Chiefs played with their food too long and left them in the game. But people are saying, people are saying that the refs are the only reason that they lost. Like, and I, that's that's never the case. There were some game changing no, no, calls, no, no, no. but for to act like, well, we got cheated. No, you, okay, two. There's two plays, but like, let's not go full LeBron James Saturday night against the Celtics. Like, I just think like if the roles were reversed, one hundred percent reversed, and you had the same exact call, the third down being the most egregious one. That was bad. You would lose your mind. We'd be on here right now if the Bengals lost and the completely reversed, and you would be, you would, we'd if we had to bleep out because this was on TV, we'd bleep out every other word because you would have lost your mind. Right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? It depends yeah. on if it was consequential. Because you would be so angry it if Joe Burrow was one foot out of bounds and got hit by Frank Clark or Chris Jones or whoever. I would have been mad at the player. Or, or Mahomes got hit three steps after he threw the ball. That one would have made me mad. And they didn't call it. To me, that's or the, the third down, mad. Or then holding the next one. Like I'm just saying, like if you look at it from the complete opposite way, I we'd be it. on here going, this is BS. Mahomes should be in the, in the playoff or in the Super Bowl. Like this is terrible. It's not the sole reason. It never is. You had the ball with two minutes left. All you had to do was go down and get a field goal. Yep. Yep. That's what lost you the game. You had it. You won. Yep. You, that was that's it was there what for Bro you. does. And they didn't win. But just to throw it away to the side and say, man, it was two plays. Like again, momentum to me in sports is huge. I agree completely. Just like just like the Grizzlies just going on a eleven game win streak is momentum, and then turning around and going on a five game lose streak or losing streak is momentum. Both bad. Or one's good, one's bad. It. I just I just think like overall the NFL has a major problem that they have to fix. How do you fix it? That's the thing that I, that's the other thing that I go back to. It's like I the, think the reviews make say, it uh, so much worse. Refs. Yeah. The rest need to be full time. I'd be good but with that. I don't know. That we that could be a whole other conversation yeah. that we don't know the answer to. We're going to have but a ref day. Just, they got to f- they got to fix it regardless. Did you know in uh, AAA baseball they're now having uh, robot umpires? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have, we're gonna have oh, robot refs, robot refs in the NFL. I don't know, man. It's bad, and and I've been on. I think over time you end up being on both sides of it, and absolutely. Like I, I think that this is where like I I, I get irritated when I hear like I I don't I like I don't think I hate that it discredits a great performance. And officiating should never cloud. It should never end the game as the biggest story. This happened a few years ago with uh, that pass interference call in the Rams Saints game. Was that the that wasn't the a- NFC Championship? It was like the divisional round, I think. And um, yeah, it was just yeah. I I hate I hate how that plays out. You don't want the refs oh, to be bigger than Mahomes or bigger than Burrow. Like it should be decided between those guys and let them play, let them be. Um, you want to take a quick break and then come back and uh, do some Grizz talk? Let's do it. That works. All right, we're back and uh, want to kind of close out our conversation about the uh, the refs. I think we both agree that they're 
just absolutely horrendous. And like it's an it's an ongoing NFL problem. I hope they fix it. Maybe full time rest. Man, that's another episode. I'm sure everybody would love to listen to a referee podcast. Probably not. But you know, we don't ever want a a performance overshadowed. If it, if it was the other way around, I wouldn't want that. I'd, and you're right. I'd be mad. There's no doubt about it. I'd be a, I'd be aggravated at some of the calls. Bengals have a have a, a a right to gripe today, but there's not a right to say they lost you the game. And I don't want the griping to overshadow what I think is another, like just absolute legacy, legendary performance to add to a already great career. And hot take, maybe it's not a hot take. Maybe everybody agrees with this. I think he has the first, the best first five year career. Of any NFL quarterback ever. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And like I know he won't keep up the pace. There's no. I don't even know who else would be. Brady I don't even know who else would be Bowls. close. Maybe Brady, just because he has the Super Bowl wins. But like but as far as stats and all of it, like no. Nah. It takes more than a quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and I think you know we're we're gonna see that you know uh, possibly with the Eagles if they if they beat the Chiefs yesterday. To me, emotionally, felt like the Super Bowl. It really did. It was it was really awesome. And I think what would concern me again with, and we'll move on with the Mahomes thing with his ankle, and maybe like this next week is when teams get prepared for the Super Bowl. Like this week right now, like I know you're getting healthy, but they always say like that week that you get to the Super Bowl with the media, and there's so many cameras around. Like you're not get you're not putting in really game plan for that week. Like you're just kind of going through the motions, getting ready for the game because there's just cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're pretty much everybody's saying like he's going to be a non-participant. In practice this week, Mahomes. You could tell he re-aggravated oh, that yeah. ankle. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty wild. bad. And so that would concern me just a little bit. That uh, like he may be worse off going into the Super Bowl than he was this past game. It's possible. Just, I mean that that one scramble he I, had moving to his left, and he he rolls to his left a lot. He's the best in the NFL at doing that. And if he can't do it, it's it's something he he's going to need everything he has to beat the Eagles. I think. Yeah. The whole bag. So. But we'll do a uh, we'll do one of those the Super Bowl preview next week. Absolutely. Let's uh let's talk some Grizz. Some oh, before we do that, let's talk some uh let's talk about our playoff draft check in. Uh I got obliterated in the divisional round. Um you had the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles make it through, and I was left with the Niners. And I cannot tell you how bad I hated that's another reason to hate the Brock Purdy injury it was like, man, this is gonna cost me some good uh some good beer from Missouri, Illinois area. Ten dollars. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, but you know, free is free. Um, you know what I mean? Teach us how, bro. Come on. Um, but so you, uh, at that point when the Niners were out, you had the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles left, and I was like, "That's fine." Hey, just, do I have the Eagles? You shut up. <laughs> and you have you have the Cheagles in the Super Bowl. You have you have both. So uh, you win either way. Uh, I give you a, a pack of Yingling when you come in town uh, this weekend. Next, whenever you, whenever you come into town, I'll you some Yingling. It will make it a twelve or since you got both teams in the Super Bowl instead of a six. <laughs> like that would be a bonus somehow. But uh, I, I really I did enjoy doing that, and I was the the the, uh, the wild card weekend felt fun because I'm like I'm sitting here rooting for the Giants and you know rooting for the Jags, and it gave me some rooting interest on in that opening weekend when you know something other than gambling would have you know wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, that was fun. Let's do that again next year. Maybe we do it. Maybe we can do it in the uh, other sports too. Absolutely, playoff drafts. Let's talk a little Grizz. And uh, we know last time we talked, they were riding the high. They were, you know, they had won eleven straight. They were going into 
Los Angeles on a Friday night trying to make it 12. And then Shannon Sharp happened. And that could be a whole nother episode, but he's like, I'm just full of down votes for that guy. Uh, Slapped us with the cardigan curse. We lost five straight. We finally got back on the good side of things yesterday against the Pacers. Any thoughts on the losing streak? Anything that happened during that time? I really think, uh, like the Lakers game, you could obviously tell they that wasn't Grizzlies basketball, and they I think they had a little bit of fun the night before. I think they had a little bit of fun before Phoenix, but I mean, really, there was three games that were all one possession last last play games. Uh, the Sacramento game was terrible. The Minnesota game was terrible, and we know what was going on in Memphis during the time of the Minnesota game with the video of all that stuff coming out, the Tyree Nichols stuff. Like, I don't know how I would have been able to go play a game with all that stuff out there. No so chance. if they hadn't lost four before that and then stunk, stunk the joint up that night, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But the fact that that's how they looked all five games and they haven't looked good on the road all year um, was concerning and is concerning moving forward, just their, their road woes. Um, but I don't think we're as great as the 11-game win streak, and we're clearly not as bad as a five-game losing streak. I don't think right now we're a championship contender. Just overall, I don't think we have enough bench players in big-time games. Like that Golden State game, I think, is the closest regular season game that that compares to a playoff game there is. And you saw who showed up and who doesn't. Like, Zaire's not ready. No. Conchar is basically completely out of the rotation. Uh, like, Tyus Jones, I'm not worried about him as much. No. He's just in a slump. The players go through slumps. I'm not worried about him near as much. But you just saw that – like Dylan Brooks has been in a bad slump, uh, but I don't know. I I don't think we're, I think we're right where we've been the whole year. I think we're the second or third best team in the West with a chance if we do something here in the next week and a half to make a run. But um, I hope it was a wake up call because they have been really bad on the road, and hopefully this kind of gets them in gear a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I hate that the road trip lost you, Adams. Like I I think he's so essential to what we do. Oh and, God, yeah. Like I, I don't think he I don't think anyone realizes how much he protects Jaron, how much he opens things up for Ja. Like they're gonna have to relearn how to play basketball. He opens up so much, and it's crazy for such a big guy to open up so much space for everybody. But he really does especially a big guy that can't shoot. But he clears so many lanes for everyone else. I I need to go check this stat to be true, but I heard it mentioned today and I've seen it on Twitter. But apparently the last ten teams that Steven Adams has been on have led the league in offensive rebounding. It just sounds ridiculous. Like there's no way that could be true. He's uh maybe it is. Yeah, he he's obviously not our best player, but I do think for this team he's probably the most valuable player to this team. Like obviously Josh Among Jaw, the right? Four, like he's the sure. best player. But like for them for our whole offense to do what it does like he's such a vital part, and like he's become such a great passer. I always thought Marcus All was the best passing big man up until Jokic the past few years that I've mm-hmm. I've seen. But like Stephen Adams is right there, like right behind them for true centers. I'm not talking about like Draymond or, yeah, yeah. or whatever, center. but like for true centers, not a fake like center. Sabonis, Jokic, and Adams, they are unbelievable at passing at that high post. Like they're so good in the in the screens he sets and just the offensive rebounds. Like can't say enough good a good thing about Adams and hopefully it's just a four or five week thing. Like they're saying, um, uh, knee always is concerning, but, 
yeah, we're going to miss him a lot. But I will say him being out, I think, gets Jaron back into the post and work and getting him post touches and getting more field goal attempts. Or maybe when Adams comes back, that carries over because we got to have Jaron being able to go down low and score. Yeah, and just score in general. There can't be games when they have, yeah. they're at full health and he's taking seven shots. And uh, that, my that, favorite stat about yesterday is he took 19 field goal attempts. Yeah, me too. I didn't care how many of them went in. It's good that a lot of them did go in. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with that. I, I like to see him shooting more often. He's. I mean, honestly, I think he, we have three great offensive players on our team. Like in terms of being able to put the ball in the basket, and he's one of those three. And Go get your shot. There's yep. there's no reason he should be outshot by Zaire and Conchar and Aldama. Like I I, I love Santi Aldama. By or the Dylan. Way. But yeah, or uh, Dylan's. I wish he'd never shoot again. I wish. Oh my gosh. I wish. I'm gonna stay. We talked later. about this before. It makes me so mad. I wish Santi and Jaron would play more. Together. I would just be intrigued oh, yeah. of how yeah. that looks like. You're gonna lose a lot of rebounding. Like you'd have to be a team rebounding. Everybody get down there. But I'd like to see how that works for the sake of Ja. Ja needs to be on the floor with that because it opens it up so much. Brandon can't shoot, so it's still a little congested. But man, if say you you could run out a lineup of like Ja, Danny Green coming back, Bain, Santi, and Jaron. Yeah. Like the defense probably suffers some, but man, that would just you would spread the floor out so much. I'd just be interested in seeing that lineup. I'd be I'd be on board with it. Um they played what did they play the other day? They played Tyus, Jaw, Roddy, maybe Clark and Jaron. I, I may have had a minute or two with Santi and Jaron. I was like, this could be interesting. This is an interesting lineup. I, I was really impressed with Roddy in his game yesterday and have been impressed with him in spurts. Mm-hmm. He looks so much more comfortable now. And, like, the comp some of the Grizzlies beat writers have made is Draymond. Like, that he, like that's that's such a stretch because Draymond is freaking awesome. Like, does so he's he does so There's much. There's been good. one Draymond. It's Draymond, yeah. But, like, yeah, everybody's kind of looking for the next one. You know what I mean? Fizdale thought it was Lance yeah. Thomas on the Knicks, too. So, But, like, that he's, like, Draymond-esque in the way that, like, what he can provide so many things to – all he, all they meant was he can provide so many things to a team without leading yeah. them in scoring or rebounding or assists. But he does a little bit of everything. And I think he's going to end up being that. Like, he might end up being a really fun small ball four. That can actually step out and he shoot doesn't a take bit. dumb shots. Yeah, I, I like he's a high IQ guy. I like I want that guy in the rotation. I don't feel like Laravia is yep. anywhere near ready, but I'm like, there's going to be a point soon if Zaire doesn't get it going that I want Roddy to step in over Zaire. I feel like he's already past yeah. Conchar. Oh yeah, and but I'm like Roddy needs Conchar to off the play. bench. There's something mentally that's just not not there. To be honest, I think I'm I think I'm Roddy over Dylan. I, there's a lot of Grizz fans going to be mad at me. But in terms of, like, this is the same thing we went through a few years ago with the Rudy stuff. It's like, dude, you have to stop shooting so much. You can't shoot 31% from three and then keep firing. You can't do it. Well, I think we, we're probably going to get to this point. God. If you're having to pick between Roddy and Brooks. Something's wrong. There's a problem. Yeah. And so the front office, I think. I know they want to build this for a long-term success and not get they they value their first-round picks because they are very good at, at drafting. But at some point, you got to realize this window is wide open, and we're able to go win a champion. Like we could win a championship this year. Absolutely, fully believe it. Yep. 
but we can't do it with one true shooter. Yep. Dylan Brooks is good defensively, blah, blah, blah. We hear the same stuff. But if he's going to take stupid shots, shoot 30% from three, I ain't got use for it. No. And you can't, Roddy can't be your plug-in for him. I, I agree To go that. win a title. He can be a good regular season player. Rotation player. And if we're hinging our, our championship hopes on Danny Green, I'm sorry he's 30, what, six years old coming off an ACL tear. Like, I'm not – he may he may be able to spot up shoot, but he's going to get blasted on defense. I just got a feeling he's not going to be able to guard a, a mop. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, he's older and coming off an ACL injury. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned that we're not going to make a deal and we're just going to hope Danny Green is our, our savior for the year. You know that, And I think he'll be fine on offense. I just think we'll get killed in other spots. We were excited about that a couple weeks ago because things were rolling. But I feel like maybe – the front office is not going to make a decision based on five games, I don't think. No, but I do think they're paying attention to the standings and you know, how where what they're doing, you know how they're performing this season matters. I think they have not seen the leap they wanted to see from Zaire, which makes sense. Guys don't leap in the second year like they used to anymore. Like Bain was more of an exception than something an expectation. It it's more a third year leap. Ja fell backwards in his second year, jumped up in the third year. I I think Zaire is going to have a great year next year, but right now he, he's not ready. Roddy's not Roddy's fine, but like I'm saying, I want him to be the ninth guy in the rotation, not step in for Dylan. But I'm, yeah. but I wonder, like, okay, if we take a, a guy with a high IQ who can guard a little, like, is that is that a net positive over what Dylan is doing, just chucking stuff? Yesterday they were up. I did get to watch like a good bit of the second half during halftime of the Chiefs game, um, and I just saw like they're going on this run, they're blowing the Pacers out like in the second half. And then Dylan comes in, and it's like, dude, here comes the run stopper. And I don't mean that he's going to stop the run for the like for the, for for us. Like, man, great defense. I mean, he's going to stop our positive run. And all of a sudden, he chucks a a three from the right wing, contested with 17 seconds on the shot clock. I'm like, come on, man. Like, we can't do that. Like, just because you can see the rim doesn't mean you need to shoot. Like, coaches in middle school used to say, bro, you're open for a reason. Dylan is that yep. guy. They always say he would us when he shoots. I know it. Um, do you yeah. do you think they're gonna make a trade now? No, you still don't think so. No, I. I and everybody keeps talking about OG Ananobi. Good player, really good player. I don't think he fixes our problem. Like I don't like. He's not much better of a shooter than Dylan Brooks by percentage. Yes, he's more efficient because he doesn't take as many. And he, you know what I mean? But I don't think he fixes the core problem that we have. Like, if you're going to give me that, let's just roll with Dylan for the rest of the year. And then he's gone after the end of this year. Don't bring him back. But I don't know. I just uh, – I don't think they're going to make a trade because that's not their MO. Yeah. I'm just going based off the past four years. They really don't make in-season trades. And they're big on the locker room's tight, this chemistry type stuff. And if we trade somebody and messes with that, maybe I'm wrong, but just based off their track record, they're not going to make a deal. Yeah, and you typically don't see like heart and soul kind of guys get dealt this close to yeah. the you know on, on championship contenders. And I do think they view themselves as a championship contender. But and I do think the other guys in the locker room view Dylan as their heart and soul guy. See. 
it's kind of like, I don't know that that's still the case. I can't say I'm 100% certain that it's not or that it is. I think they've built enough culture with him here. They can carry it forward without him. With Adams, with Jaron, with Dez, with Ja. <laughs> Ever heard of him? <laughs> I think they're going to be okay eventually. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's next year. But I think, one, I think they need a vet. I think they need some old heads in the locker room, especially without Adams playing. And I think maybe preferably somebody who's been there before. I, I would have liked them to do Crowder. I'm not a huge Crowder guy, but I just like the mentality anyway that he that he brings to a team. I hate him when I'm not when I'm playing against him, which means he's probably fun to have on your team. And he was when we had him here. I know they got a lot of respect for him. I uh the one I keep thinking about is Alec Burks. Like he's a possibility and probably wouldn't cost you much to get him. The Ananobi thing, I started thinking about it. I'm like, if we're as good as we think we are, these picks are going to be in the late 30s, right? I mean, I mean, late, late yep. 20s, late, late 20 to 30 if you win. And that could end up being really valuable if you get a guy that you like, like we have with Dez and Santi. But, like, I think in order to keep drafting guys, you're going to have to eventually say that you don't believe in LaRavia and Roddy, who you traded up to get, and – I mean, I don't know. I think trying to predict what this front office is going to do is a fool's errand. And I know, like, that's what we spend time doing all the time. We're just like, what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? And, like, none of us know. Like, and, and they know better than us. And I foolishly, I hope I hope they do something. But, like, just because I, I, I do know that we lack shooting, and I think we lack veteran leadership, especially with Adams off the court. And it could be the thing that, like, we're talking about marginal differences between these contenders. They are good enough to win in a, a wounded West, and the West is down now. It's going to be down in the next few years. Like, this is the window. The window is right now. And, like, I think if you don't capitalize on it, like, it's it's one year wasted. Like, we talked about with Mahomes earlier. Like, we look back, like, how many will he have won out of this great run? Like, how long does that run go? And, and, I, you can't ever predict that it's going to be – you're going to come back. Didn't we all think the Thunder were going to be back in the finals when they had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant? Oh, we thought they were going to win three, four. They were the dynasty. They were the next dynasty, and they never made it back, and they traded Harden away, what, two years after they made the finals? Yeah, and then Durant left to join the Warriors. It's, it was over, you know? it was. I got one, one player that I would be intrigued by. Who's that? Would be Jeremy Grant, but I think it would cost too much. He's expiring at the end of the year, though, isn't he? I think, like, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think that probably takes two first round picks. Where I think yeah, you maybe, could, though. you know, and some players. But I think he is he is what we we wanted, even in the grit and grind area era. Yeah, uh, very long, small forward, and I think if he's your fourth guy, he's a really really good fourth guy. But like, obviously in Detroit, he was there. He was supposed to be the number one and go out and score every night. And uh, I even think when the uh, the Blazers were rocking at the beginning of the year, I think it was because Lillard was healthy and uh, they just had some guys and he was the third or fourth option. And so maybe he's somebody I, – I just don't – again, I just don't think they're going to make a deal. I love Jeremy I just think Grant. the way they operate, I just don't think they're going to make a deal. I think that's my gut feeling too. Tell me – all right, you're, you're in charge of – you're going to be the GM for a moment. Hunter Kleiman, Hump Kleiman. Just, <laughs> I wish I had that, Jim. Yes or no, do you want this player on our team? 
at what it might cost to give them up. This is a list that uh, prop bomb on Twitter. We're making it known that Bain, Jaron, yeah, oh yeah, Ja and Adams aren't touchable, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, probably a couple others. I mean, you, you could include others on that too. That for these guys, yeah, probably nothing. No, none of these like are like big time needle movers. But like we're just we just need marginal move marginal moves here. All right, D'Angelo Russell. No, no way. OG Ananobi. Yes, I think I, I think I would too. Uh, John Collins. No, cost too much. I think Zach Levine. Yes. My, he might end up costing too much, but I, but like if you could get him, he like, probably cost too much. But I would give up multiple first round picks for him. Yeah, I think I would too. Eric Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would be the the perfect fit. I don't think we could get him. I think he's the one to break this spell. Sorry, like he's oh. the, he's the one. Yeah, it feels good. That feels good. Uh, Dwayne Deadman. No, Deadman walking. Uh, <laughs> Cam Reddish, <laughs> absolutely. Jaw would like it. Uh, Mo Bamba, just because I like Mo Bamba, but no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him either. But I mean, I don't know. You like him, but you, you like the song, not him. I like, <laughs> I like, I like Santi better than I like Mo Bamba. I think I do too. Josh Richardson. I know he's still in the league. I'm being honest. Yeah. Is he on the Spurs? Probably not. <laughs> Four years ago, yes. Yeah. Jakob Pertle. Joe would love that. No. He just get dunked on in practice every day. <laughs> just stand right there. Dunk Joe will join the dunk <laughs> contest if we trade for Jakob Pertle. Just yeah. hey buddy. Stand it's right here. Assist. We're gonna trade you after stand the dunk right. contest. Yeah. Uh Jay Crowder. I mean, I would take him back, but I wouldn't give up much. I think these last two are no's. Russell Westbrook and Mike Conley. If we didn't have Tyus, I would take Mike Conley. We do. I'd rather have Tyus. But, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather have Tyus. I think Tyus is another one that's in an untouchable group. But I also think, like, if if you could get something for Tyus, like something real, and kind of do like a three-way trade and got Mike Conley back as a backup, it would never happen. Yeah, they wouldn't do it. But you could get something real for Tyus because he's starter level now. Like somebody would pay him to be a starter. I think he's part of their culture. Like he's part of the fabric of the team now. Oh, dude, and I, I don't want to get rid. I of I think him he's at one all. they consider a core player. Like I mean, a true core player. And and I think yeah, I think the most realistic names on this list. I didn't. Alec Burks is not on this list. I think he's on there. Like of realistic targets. I think the most realistic ones that we're looking at are OG Ananobi, Eric Gordon. Alec Burks. I think if you can make Eric Gordon happy, you go get Eric Gordon. Yeah, that's what I – yeah, I'd prefer that. I'd be good with that. Um, Last thing with Grizz before we move to our recommendations of the week. How's the Dylan Brooks meter these days? I think we've already kind of hit on it a little bit. Like, are you in trade him, send him to the moon, put him on the bench, <laughs> roll with it? What's Does it change twice a game? Like, what's your – What's your take? That's the thing, man. Like, he forever – like, this has been him his whole career. Like, I guarantee you in the next week he'll be out of the slump and he'll have a three-week run where he shoots 40% from three 
and everybody goes, see, we got to have Dylan. We go on a five or six mm-hmm. game win streak. He's awesome during that streak. And we go, when he got his contract oh, yeah. three years ago, yeah, good sense. it was because the month of what, January uh-huh. into February, I think, or maybe the month of February. Pre-COVID. It was like a tear of all tears. Like he was unbelievable. Yep. They paid him. He didn't make a shot the rest of the season. He went to the bubble and built the bubble out of his bricks. Like it was awful. Like that's who he is. And so you hope that maybe in the playoffs you're during a hot streak. Like, but I don't know. I just he has, I will say, he's been better this year at not taking as many dumb shots. He still takes them. God, so many. But it's not what it was. I feel like he's reached the like Shelvin Mack and uh, Jeff Green end of the pendulum of Grizz fandom. Zaire floated there for a little bit, is probably still floating there. Jaron floated there for a little while when he came back last oh, year. Yeah. Talking people that played it, called him soft and stuff like that. I'd love to see him come like come back on the positive side of things, but I think he's got like too much emotional equity built up here for him to reduce his role. I think if he does that, he's going to have to be humbled elsewhere. Like he's too much of a part of the culture here to reduce the role. And I think if he can't, re- he's the vet. He's the OG. Yeah, he is. I, I, but I think if he can't like reduce the role, and, I'm, and by, what I mean by that is take four or five less shots a game. Like he needs to be so under ten. He needs to be ten or under. He needs to be taking the same amount of shots as Brandon Clark, or less. And it, it, games where Bain and Morant are out, or or Bain or Morant are out, maybe he goes up to twelve. But he should never outshoot Jaron. Heck, I don't know if he should outshoot Adams. Like, if I'm being honest with you, like, I mean, he should he should never be higher than fourth on shots, in my opinion. He's always higher than fourth on shots. The Dylan line is always yeah. what I what I call the uh, it's I call it the Dylan when you have more field goal attempts than points. And he has that way too often these days. And like I'm at the point and I go, I, I probably spend more time at this point than any other point with him where I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think. I'm okay if they keep him. I'm okay if they send him away. I like the guy. I will always appreciate his contributions to the team, but I I kind of think our best days are without him unless he ends up on a, with a reduced role. I don't want him to become the six-man heater guy. I don't want to see him shoot the ball. Like <laughs> I'd like to see him take two shots a game. That's what I'd like. I'll I, compromise uh, and say eight. I, uh, You know, like when we had Tony – we, I, every time Tony shot the ball, I'm like, oh, God, like, let's not do that. But he knew his role. He didn't shoot a lot. If he was wide open in the corner, he took him. But Tony was so good defensively that you couldn't take him off the floor. He did so much other stuff. He was a decent passer. He was unselfish. He did so many other things for that team that helped them. And whoever he was guarding, he was gonna make life on their it was gonna make their life a living hell, whether it's Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, whoever it was. Didn't matter. I understand Dylan's a good defender. He's not Tony nope. Allen. And when you put him that he's not a lockdown defender, he's a very good defender. He's not locked down. He's not a guy you can go out there one on one, fight through screens, not foul when he does it, and and make life hard on the 
other team's best player. He does very good. I'm like he's a really, really good defender. He'll be first team all defense this year, probably for a guard. But the stuff that he does on the other end of the floor does not make up for his defense does not make up for that like it did for Tony. He needs to do the old And in the end it cost us with Tony too in the Golden State series. Yeah. Like in the end it ended up costing Tony. Like he wasn't he didn't make up enough on the defensive end to make up for the offensive end. Yeah. At the end of his career. And so I think Dylan's at that point where if he would take his field goal attempts down the six attempts and be a lockdown defender and just say, this is what I'm going to be. I'll be a passer, an offensive rebounder, and a lockdown defender. I would keep him on the team for the next 10 years. Amen. But he hasn't figured that out. And like you said, he'll go to somebody like uh, Charlotte or Houston or somewhere like that that the team's crappy, and he'll go get 15 to 20 attempts a game. And he'll have a couple where he'll average 20 points again. People will love him just like we did his rookie year. We loved Dylan his rookie and second year. Yep. Because we were terrible and we didn't care. It was fun yep, to watch. Absolutely. But we're not at that point yeah. anymore. We're, we're here to win a title. Real stakes now. And I, I, I think you have to make decisions like this. And I just – I hope there's a way for him to stick around and, and, and change the role a little bit. I just – I'm – so pessimistic with that. I just don't. I, He's gone after this year. Almost, I'd bet my house on. I it. think it's going to be reduced contract and or reduced role if he stays. Like I, I yeah, I, I'd put the odds eighty twenty. He goes elsewhere, but somebody will pay him. Yeah, I, I could see him go mo- multiple ways. Where he's like, he goes somewhere else, learns the role, or he goes to a crappy team and chucks the ball. He's just a chucker. He's the Aaron Aflalo yeah. on the Magic thing where he's like, oh, Aaron Aflalo averaged 22 points? Well, yeah, he took 42 shots. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. that's what, I mean, he, he, he might be that guy. Um, yep. Well, I think that's, that's plenty of grist. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and end the show with our recommendations of the week. Bang, bang. All right, we're back, and we're going to close out our show with the recommendations of the week. Love that Hump brought this idea to the table and said, let's uh, recommend something to our, our few listeners uh, every week. Uh, just something cool that we like to – that we're enjoying something maybe sports-related, maybe not. This case, not. Hump, you go first. What's your recommendation of the week? Mine, I talked about them uh, when we did the concert, like who you want to see live uh two weeks ago but hardy had a new album come out a week and a half ago not this past friday but the friday before called the mockingbird and the crow he's become one of my favorite artists so i had to put it on there because it's a new album um it's half country the first half is country then it has a song that literally the song is half country and then turns half rock and the second half of the album is half rock so it's a interesting concept of how he did it um he did not sound good at the Royal Rumble, which those things never nope, sound never. good when you do a concert and that. something that's not set up for a concert. Uh, but he, it's just a fun album. The boys love it. If you have kids, there's about half the songs that you can't listen to because <laughs> he cusses a lot in it. But uh, it's a good album. I enjoyed it. it. I listened to it just about, I think I have listened to it every day uh, since it's come out. Uh, but I do like that early. Like, he's got some like Limp biscuit, like... Um, like a very early two thousands, like rock sound to him. I don't know. It's kind of like a nostalgia type thing for me, just because that's what I grew up listening yeah. to. So 
a cool album. Uh, check it out. It, it, it's pretty good. I did. Uh, I, I found myself like singing the song that was the Royal Rumble song, that sold out song. I found myself like singing along with that one during the during the show. Oh, his stuff is catchy. Yeah. If you listen to his song Truck Bed, which I think the boys have played it at yeah. your house before, it'll be stuck in your head for five days. That's about how, I mean, that's how a lot of country singers are these days, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, catchy can be good. Um, and I, I thought it was cool. Like, I thought it was cool that he was getting noticed enough to be like at the, at the Royal Rumble. I thought it was pretty cool. And, and it seemed like everybody knew who he was too. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, which is really cool when you see your artist, like you see an artist you like from the beginning, make it big. It's really cool. Yeah. My, you feel like you're invested. Oh yeah, for sure. My recommendation of the week is, uh, Nate Bargatze's new special, which debuts tomorrow on Amazon Prime, not on Netflix. It's on Prime Video this time. Uh, it's called Hello World. I have not uh, watched it, so I don't know if I actually can recommend it, but it's Nate Bargatze. I can recommend it. He's awesome. We had the chance to see him in uh, in in con- you say you call it a concert if it's if it's a it's comedy a comedy concert. I think so. I get to see him live so. at the Orpheum. How about that? Performance. Yeah, I got to see him perform back in November at uh at the Orpheum. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Um, like I laughed so hard my face hurt. It was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I've ne- it was awesome. I, I can't you un completely unbeatable show. Um, I'd even say like I got I actually had I got to go see Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle this last week, a week from a week before today. Um last week at FedEx Forum, and they were great. If I had never seen Bargazzi, I would have said that that show was the best, or at least Chappelle said. I like I liked what Chris Rock said, too, and I think his stuff's going to come out on, the, on his Netflix special whenever that hits. It's supposed to be pretty soon, I think. But, man, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle were great, but Nate Bargazzi, I think, was even funnier than them. Uh, interesting tidbit before, I get, before we get out of here. I hadn't been to a comedy show in 15 years maybe 18 closer to 20 probably it's been a long time since i've been to a comedy show i think the only one i'd ever seen was brian regan and i hadn't been a long time anna and i had never been to one together and in the last year we've seen who i would probably consider my four favorites which is john mulaney in birmingham and we got to see nate bargazzi at the orpheum and then we got to see chris rock and dave Chappelle at uh at fedex forum and like all of them, awesome, just awesome experiences. If if you get a chance, something everybody probably didn't think about going to see live, but if you get a chance to see your favorite comedians live, it's so worth it. You'll never regret it. And uh, man, top notch. I would even recommend. I would even recommend like Chuckles and Cordova. I think is that are they still? Open? I think so. I know they were before COVID. I'm I'm assuming they still are. Uh, even if it's somebody you don't know, and especially like improv comedy, oh, yeah, like just going to a comedy club even if it's somebody you don't know is, is great. Um, stand-up comedy is like my, what I watch when I'm on the road. Like as soon as we get off this, I'll turn on a stand-up comedy on Netflix. Cause all the Fairfield ends, just so you know, if you go out of town and you just got to stay in a regular hotel, Fairfield ends, you can put your Netflix password in and watch Netflix on the road. So anytime I'm, I stay at Fairfield, it's like every week I'm on the road. Uh, but yeah, I'll just turn on Netflix and watch stand-ups pretty much every week. So, uh, that's my thing is stand up comedy, but yeah, if you can just go watch improv, it's great. That's how I fall asleep at night is stand up comedy. It's always, and a lot of times it's the same ones that I've watched before. So like, I can't tell you how many times I've put on yeah. 
Nate Bargatze's, you know, greatest average in American or Tennessee kid or like his original one on the standups um, or John Mulaney's kid gorgeous or comeback kid, any, any of those or Chappelle, Chris Rock. I mean, any, lots of other guys too. There's a bunch of other ones that I watch uh, that are, that are really good. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's always been a thing that I like um, stand up comedy. We, we've watched that for a long time. I mean, it's, that's been a long time thing in our house too. We've always, we've always enjoyed that. Oh yeah. I remember watching, uh, is it Wanda? What's Wanda her last Sykes. name? Sykes? Oh, dude, she's so funny. Oh, I remember coming downstairs and mom and dad were watching her. Just like it was on Comedy Central, but it was Comedy yeah. Central at like eleven o'clock at night. So they, it, there was no editing it out. It was just ran as is. And uh, I was like, "What are y'all watching?" This is like really the first time I've ever watched stand up with them. And it was the most vulgar, oh, man. nasty stand up. And I'm like 14, 13. And mom was looking at me like, um, <laughs> I don't think you need to be watching this. I'm like, I've, I've heard all of this stuff yeah. before. But the, that was the first time I'd ever seen her. And every time I, I see one of her stand ups now, I go watch it because she is awesome. She's hilarious. She played in Memphis two weeks ago. I kind of wish I would have gone. I heard she was great. Really? Yeah, she's, she was here not too long ago. She's good. I'd like, I'd like to go see her. She's again. very good. Or not again, but for the first time. I, I'm a live comedy yeah. is something I'm going to keep on. I, I always love live music, and it's what I think of first when I think about going to see. It's just a different. But yeah. I, I just like live performance. It's a different cool. vibe, but it's fun. It is a totally different vibe, but yeah. I, I really enjoyed uh, Nate Bargatze. I, I bet a lot of the show, if the show that is on Amazon is the show that I saw. I'm assuming it is. If it is, I'm assuming it, it will is. be the best one he's done yet. I mean, I. I laughed to the point of tears numerous times during the show. And that's hard for me to do. Like I mean, it really, <laughs> it, it, it got me several times. My face hurt. Like, I mean, really two days later, my face is still like sore from laughing that hard. I'm planning on watching it probably Thursday. So we'll, uh, we'll report back next Monday. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoys that recommendation. You got anything you want to say uh, before we get out of here, Hump? I know we promised our actual schedule of doing stuff on Monday and it coming out on Tuesday. It will be that way moving forward. Last week was uh, was not a great week, so we didn't get a chance to record. I was actually in Memphis on Monday, <laughs> Tuesday. Didn't have internet, but uh, so we'll actually be on a schedule uh, moving forward. Hopefully on Monday. If not, it'll be Tuesday night. But we're gonna really try hard to stay on Monday night. Come out on Tuesday. So I know we said that at the beginning, and we didn't do it last week, but yeah. but we'll get there. Like our first episode, we said Mondays, and our first episode was on a on a Thursday. Our second one was on a Tuesday, and our next one's on, hey, this one's on a Monday. We we can uh, we can always get it right from here. We're starting now. Hope everybody We're changing. We're changing. Hope everybody enjoyed our show, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting here every Monday. Maybe mix in a few in between, but definitely look back, look to meet you back here every Monday, and have this ready for you Monday night, Tuesday morning. Hump. Always a pleasure. Super Bowl preview next yeah, week. Yeah, Super Bowl preview next week. I'll have plenty to say by then. I'm sure plenty will have been said by then about the Kelsey Bowl, the Reed Bowl. But, baby, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's go. All right, that's all I got. I'm done. Went long, didn't we? Hour and a half. We're good at that. When we go under 45 minutes, it'll be a miracle. Miracles. I am watching Cody Rhodes versus Finn Bella right now. What the hell is happening?